Hello, everyone. This is Retail Refined with your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez, coming to you live from Rice 2023. So coming to you live with me today is Kate Garten, who's the Vice President of Product at Chubby's. She sees all things merchandising and design. Thank you so much for sitting with me today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So you're not just sitting with me. You're also going to be talking to the audience today. So why don't we start a little bit with what you're going to be covering today in terms of, of Gen Z and Alpha. Yes, so I am participating in a panel tomorrow and Thursday about Gen Alpha and Gen Z as the emerging generations in consumerism, um, which I'm incredibly excited about. It's hosted by the Director of Consumer Insights for Snap Snapchat. Oh, um, interesting. Yes, they have the insights, <laughs> I am sure, between them and TikTok. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and maybe a little Roblox. Yeah. I want to get insights from Roblox because oh my gosh, I've learned so much from Gen Alpha. I was with my nieces and nephews last night and they were on Roblox the entire time. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure the in-app uh, time for Roblox is probably the highest in all of apps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so tell us a little bit, because um, this will air post-conference, mm -hmm. so I won't spill the beans. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the trends that you're seeing um, when it comes to those two generations. Sure. I mean, this is a big buzzword, but digitally native. Um, both Gen Alpha and Gen Z are generations that will have grown up with the internet in the palm of their hand. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, expectations for how mobile experiences and the internet and interacting with brands should be. They just have, you know, much higher expectations than someone from say my generation, millennials. It is it is different because for us it's it's novel and for them it's just everyday life. And yes. So my daughter is my case study at all times. She's eight years old. And um and when when the phone I don't have the landlines anymore in my house, but uh, if a phone rings and there's no uh, video component, she thinks the phone is broken. Oh my gosh. Because to her, FaceTime is, that's how you talk to people. This is how you make a phone call. And so, you know, and then another time she was uh, asking me, you know, mom, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to design cars um, that fly. <laughs> and to them, that's normal. Yes. You know? oh, oh, why wouldn't they fly? Right. You know? Yeah. So I think one of the things we've been seeing is, so I also oversee our customer experience team. And a few years ago, we actually made the decision to get rid of what we call voice. So phone calls, basically, mm -hmm. on our customer experience channels. And we've seen our CSAT improve because many of our customers would much rather just talk to us uh, via text message. Yes. Or via email yeah and again back to those expectations like the wait time for a text response could be 15 minutes or could be a couple of hours but the customer isn't sitting there on hold correct on the phone listening to some amazing music <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly so then once we do get back to them we find that they're primed to have a better experience you know if, if they're coming in and they've had a shipping delay they're not then wasting their time on the phone, waiting for us to get back to them. And and so again, we've seen customer satisfaction improve. Just And I think a lot of it is because a Gen Z customer doesn't want to sit around and wait on the phone. For sure. No, it's about understanding, right? Like how they want to be met, not just the need, but yes. there's going to be different points of communication. I find text to be so interesting because it was so full pop. Five years ago, you a brand would never text yes. a person and that was well received. Truly. And now it's the preference. 
I, I hate to bring this up, but over the holidays, I got caught up in what I call the Southwest shuffle. Oh, uh, and yeah. my suitcase was lost for 10 days. And kudos to Southwest. At the end of it, I submitted all of my receipts and they reimbursed me via Venmo. See, this is what, first of all, let's just talk about that. And we are going to, we're going to shift to in store, but because you bring up payments, like, yes. you know how many brands lose my sale because I have to go find my credit card? Oh, like yeah. you need PayPal, Venmo, something mm -hmm. because I'm not walking. I, I walk around with my phone as my wallet right. now. We have, uh, let's see, 80% of our, our chubbies.com sessions are mobile. Mm. However, the friction of purchasing is a little bit more difficult for a lot of users when they're using the mobile experience because maybe they don't have their credit card saved, maybe they don't have their wallet on them, et cetera. Right. But we've added ShopPay, mm -hmm. which is Shopify's um, payment platform, as well as Google Pay and PayPal. And all three of those have a much higher conversion rate on mobile because they're Borderline instantaneous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting that impulse in the moment. Yes. I'm not going to second guess it. I've already hit that button. It's processing. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Snapchat representative who's speaking on our panel, she says that Gen Alpha, she believes, is the first generation that will never have a physical wallet. Mm -hmm. So I think as, as quickly as everyone can adapt to this notion of the digital wallet and understanding how secure it is, it's going to make a lot of online brands see their conversion increase sure. uh, as soon as they add all of these online wallet, digital wallet uh, checkout options. No, I fully believe it. I mean, I'm far from Gen Alpha, but <laughs> I, I, I don't have keys. I yeah. don't walk around with keys. Right. You know, I have a smart home, essentially. Mm -hmm. I barely, if I'm running out, I just grab my phone. So how does this translate to the in-store experience? And are, are, you, are you integrating that at checkout? And what are the other elements from a from a uh, merchandising experience strategy. Yes. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that last summer I went to Seoul, South Korea, okay. because Seoul is, I would say it was the most incredible in-person shopping experience at every single store. Um, it's a huge, I mean, shopping is a huge tourist draw for the country and especially for the city. And so every store, whether it's a Korean uh, brand or if it's an international brand, they know that their retail experience in Seoul has to be top notch yeah. and has to have something that will bring the customer in and keep them in the store. And I think that's something that I'm hoping to see a lot of American brands and a lot of American stores and retail experiences adapt is this notion of having the store be more than just shopping, yeah. but have it be an experience and a reason to get people out of their homes as well. Absolutely. And having them spend time in the actual store, they will then convert yes. because they will be inspired by, you know, everything that they're shopping around. Um, but I think when it comes to those checkout pieces, we, in our stores, so we have five flagship stores all about the country. We don't actually have like a planted cash register mm -hmm. section in right. a lot of our stores. Instead, we have roving iPads, you know, that have uh, the capability of checking someone out. But that that's critical of, again, meeting the customer where they are. Absolutely. Be it virtually, digitally, or just physically in the store. Mm -hmm. um, and that, again, aids in conversion and help someone's friction of, you know, checkout indecision be a lot smoother. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, obviously getting them in the store, there has to be uh, a pull because mm -hmm. they're, this generation is so adept to 
click to buy and understanding yes. that. Um, some alpha sometimes at a detriment because it's like <laughs> through my Apple Pay account <laughs> and I get notifications that shopping has occurred. Yeah. But um, but it, how how does that how does that also influence how you think about um, merchandising strategy and how you think of sales per square foot versus mm-hmm. experience per square foot? Yes. So one of the transitions that we've been doing is a shop by activity type of area. So our stores will be merchandised so that when you walk in on the right, you have sort of like a casual inspiration Mm -hmm. and it'll have different ways that you're wearing um, like our casual shorts and our casual tops with pictures, aspirational pictures of how you might engage in them. Mm -hmm. And then across the store, it'll be like, oh, we're actually transitioning now into the outdoors. And so it'll be swim trunks with t-shirts and hats, et cetera. And we're really focused on having like shops within a shop. Yes. Almost. Yes. Um, because it helps in my mind, our customer, or I hope it helps them create sort of their weekend bag Mm -hmm. uh, as they're going through the store and they're thinking about, you know, a weekend away, this is what I'm going to wear on the plane. This is what I'm going to wear to dinner. This is what I'm going to wear to the pool and on the boat. Uh, and it, it sort of guides their shopping experience as they sort of filter around the store. And then in the center, we'll have sort of our fun pop moments. <laughs> okay. And then those fun pop moments is the draw to keep coming back. You don't yes, know what that's going to be. Exactly. Um, how do you, beyond payment, how do you think about the integration of digital digital and physical in store? Uh, going back to the, the inspiration I got from my time in Korea, I think having a, and it seems so easy, but a lot of stores have sort of moved away from this. Having a uh, photo background uh-huh. esque place within the store, like yeah. not necessarily a step and repeat per se, right? But having something that people want to take a picture of. People love to take pictures of people, themselves. They just do. It's unbelievable. <laughs> in in Korea, there would be you know a store would be three stories, and the second story would just be a social media floor, mm-hmm. um, which I really appreciated because again, you know, we want to meet the customer where they are, and if they're on social media, yeah. we want them tagging us. We want them, you know, spreading word of mouth marketing via that uh, avenue. Um, but we also have adapted QR codes okay. again. Yes. I I remember in 2010. I know they were going to be the thing, and then <laughs> they, they were the <laughs> I remember going to a seminar, and they were like, "QR codes are the future. Mm-hmm. Everyone, just get ready. Like, everyone should adopt. This is going to be." Like phone numbers are gone. Everything's right. going to be QR codes. And then they disappeared for 10 years. Yes. Truly, Truly disappeared. disappeared yes. uh, and then the pandemic really created a resurgence for the QR code. Yeah. I mean, I think it was the perfect storm of timing of the Apple like, phones changed yes. the way in which they could read them through the camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was more intuitive to current behaviors um, versus having to download yes. an app that could scan Nobody deals with that friction. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you go through the pandemic and it forces people to be more agile and innovative. So the next part of the conversation on QR codes I feel like I'm having is um, what's the best use of the QR code? Like, how is this evolving? So how are you thinking about that in the store? So I'll now move to some of our wholesale partners. So we work with Dick's Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. They have a huge Chubby's display in all of their stores. And we leverage our QR codes there on our products, not necessarily to take people directly to our website to get them shopping, although we would love if they did, Uh, but more so to, to have them kind of introduced to the brand. So it takes them to an About Us page where they can learn and engage and they can find our social media accounts and they can learn more about 
our values and our mission and, you know, the foundations that we, uh, we've created. And I, I think that gives an opportunity to, instead of just immediately try and get them to repurchase, to kind of get them on board as like a brand loyalist, yes. re- regardless of where they're picking up their first pair of shorts. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's right. We do some of our own consumer insights internally at our firm and, uh, for that generation, the feedback we've gotten is while they're adept to purchasing with their phone, that's not the way they want to engage with the QR code. Yes. Yes. You really have to understand those nuances, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To understand, okay, how do I successfully integrate this to the customer journey and the in-store experience? Yeah. So we have a QR code currently that's on all of our labels and we are constantly changing where that links out to. So last week we launched our partnership with George Kittle, who's a tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. Very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, and we had all of our QR codes for that week going to George Kittle content. Okay. Just right. to, that's what they want to see. You know? And then they're having higher engagement time yes. and yeah, yes. sharing it with their they're friends. watching the videos. And so they scan this probably thinking they're going to get a, you know, take us to the website or care instructions or something like that. And instead we hope it's a surprise and delight moment about yeah. this cool thing that this brand that they just bought, you know, their swim trunks from Dick Sporting Goods or Shields or wherever, all of a the sudden they're getting sort of transported right into this cool influencer moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about Gen Z who shops kind of for themselves. It's yes. kind of a spectrum. Uh-huh. Alpha, for sure not, unless they're taking their parents' phone. But how do you appeal to the shopper for them? Yes. That parent or aunt or uncle or whatever, mm-hmm. but also appeal to them as a brand? That is, it's, it's so interesting because I think I am noticing for the first time the coming into our customer experience channels, we're getting a lot of requests for youth sizing Mm -hmm. that we did not previously see. Um, And I think a lot of that is our presence in uh, retailers like REI or DSG, where you have young kids walking around with their parents and seeing our stuff and wanting it Mm -hmm. and asking. And then I have parents writing in saying, I have a kid who's, you know, a youth size medium and you don't have a youth size medium. There are 10 year olds out there who want your stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's one way is expanding your presence offline definitely helps. Um, however, kids are online, like you were oh saying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You need to dress them in Roblox. Yes. And right. That's my news for my daughter. Just dress them in chubbies and then yes, let them shop. <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, you're also having, again, to use the word digital phrase, digitally native, you're having this generation who is loving spending times on apps, whether it's educational, whether it's Roblox, which is maybe in between. I know, I know, it's somewhat. It depends. <laughs> they like to say, the yeah. kids like to say it's educational. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know, expanding your presence there is one way that you're kind of hitting them and they're seeing influencer marketing as well. Right. Um, YouTube is another huge area. Um, but as it relates to hitting the parent level, I think one of the things that we've started doing is having multi-generational photo shoots Mm. so that a lot of the content that we're producing has, you know, representatives from every generation wearing our products. Um, We have a dad and lad campaign Mm -hmm. right now where it has, you know, a range of parents wearing matching swim trunks with their kids. And those are our ads that we're sending out to everyone. Um, And so I I think there is this, we're we're kind of 
coming about it from two ways. One, we're, we're getting the little kids excited when they see our yeah. stuff in store or if they see an ad on YouTube when they're watching, you know, any of their videos. But then secondly, we're also showing the parents how you can match with your kids, et yeah. cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And that's their, that's their original muse. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so many things going on today that is exciting before we wrap, mm -hmm. as you think of the future, and especially when we think of a generation like Gen Alpha, right? Mm -hmm. We're such early innings of what they're going to evolve to. What do you, what's on your mind? Like, what are you excited about? I'm really excited about a couple things. I think one is we've seen in a post-COVID world, people want to be outside mm -hmm. again. Yes. Um, and people are ready to get back into stores. They're ready to be walking around malls. Uh, and so I think, you know, as we'd love to open hundreds of more stores so that we can be in every city. But at the moment, we're really leaning into some mobile experiences oh, nice. um, that allows us to sort of pop up places, mm -hmm. which is something we haven't done in about 10 years or so. Yeah. But we're seeing a real renewed interest again for yeah. this in-person connection that kind of had disappeared for a little while. Yeah. Um, and so this summer, we'll be having mobile pop-ups at you know special events like i can't quite reveal yet where exactly okay. but be on the lookout um love to follow your for the bright blue yes follow at chubby's on instagram yeah um but we're excited about those because i think again we're gonna we're trying to meet the consumer where they are mm -hmm. and kind of go for a multi-generational approach while doing so no absolutely and i think um we always think of pop-up as a prototype so i think you're gonna learn so much this summer from that especially and then if, as you roll out more store locations. You take all those learnings yes, and that'll inform the store yes. for that multi-generational customer. So really exciting. Thank you so much for sitting with me again, everybody. This is Kit Garten. She's VP of product at Chubby's. We're coming to you live from Rice 2023. Thank you.